0: welcome back ladies and gentlemen to bell the bell with bobby blaze a show where the stakes are high and so is one of the hosts i'm your host <laughs> professor <Jeremy Volver. laughs> and joining us now art anderson's favorite enhancement talent double b bobby blaze and there's a good chance one of them might have been drinking. <laughs> and that's me, double B, Bobby
1: Blaze. That's Ooh. right, baby. Welcome back to another week, uh, weekly podcast of the Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. And we've got an exciting show again this week. Um, I. I We'll get into that in just a minute. I know we've got some house cleaning to do, but I also wanted to mention real quickly I mean, I thought last week's episode was pure class, man, on Paul Orndorf. Yeah. Uh, just want to thank you, Professor. It sounded great. Uh, we both gelled together. Um, if you haven't listened, folks, go back and listen to it and turn a friend into on to it as well because if they were a wrestling fan uh, uh especially a paul Orndorff fan, and we we did him right man we sent him out in a good way and um i want to thank you because we uh completely professionally uh done that show and man a lot of good feedback uh that people were into it and they appreciate our tribute to paul uh, Orndorff. <clears throat> yeah.
0: It was a, I, so, that was yeah. a good episode. It was fun to record because, <clears throat> you know, uh, especially when you've got personal stories about a, a wrestler that we're talking about, that always makes a show much more enjoyable for me. And I, yeah. bet, I bet for our listeners overall. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. Um, you know, I thought of something too, since then I had one more story. <clears throat> When I met Kevin Sullivan down in Knoxville before one of the Nitros, uh, uh, when Smokey Mountain had shut down, Kevin said, You know, hey, do, you know, said, Bobby, you want a job? You got one? Call Paul on Monday. Well, when I called Paul Monday, I, I forgot this the other day um, a, a, after we recorded, but when I called the office, and again, this, this was a, we went on several times before we actually got to the contract deal, but he wanted me to come down for a TV. And he said, uh, he goes, now, Bobby, you're not going to show up being 260, are you? And I said, what? He goes, Kevin said you packed on a little bit. <laughs> he goes, I don't need any more 250-pound guys down here. I said, no, boss. I'm weighing about 230. I said, that's about 10 pounds over where I work, And I said, but, but I'm, I can get to 220 pretty good. And he said, okay, I just want to make sure. And then so we started going from there, and I thought that's funny that he said, uh, uh, I guess. Uh, but I, I was looking, and I do remember the shirt I had. I had a t-shirt. Shirt, and then I had like a jean shirt over it and it gave you an appearance that I was a lot bigger than what I was. Oh, I will say that yeah. it, it was one of them. It was a nice looking shirt, but it made it made a man look like a man. I'll say that. And uh, anyway, yeah. yeah, it it just didn't work out that time. But that wasn't the reason. why. <laughs> but I thought about the other day. Yeah, because he thought I was still in Knoxville. That's what happened. Actually, uh, he wanted me to go to Macon, Georgia, like the following week. And I was like, Paul, that's 75 pounds, you know, past Atlanta. And he's, well, you're right there in Knoxville. You can make that. And I was like, oh, no, I'm back home. And I said, i made eight hours from Atlanta. He's, oh, okay. And so that kind of started our negotiations. But anyway, I thought that's funny. And he said, hey, You ain't going to show up down here weighing no 260, are you? <laughs> but see, Paul with a straight shooter. So, yeah. Um, uh, Right now, I might weigh in at two sixty, Paul. <laughs> uh, Orndorff <laughs> over there telling <laughs> you,
0: "Set down the chicken McNuggets now." <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, here's a funny story. I have not had a chicken McNugget since 1983. Uh, an actual chicken McNugget. Now right. I've eaten, you know, chicken tenders and things. I've eaten my fair share of chicken. Believe me, but man, I got. Um, I ate some chicken nuggets in 1983, <laughs> and I swear I got so fucking sick and puked my guts uh, out. And Even when my kids were younger and we did road trips or just take them after a ball game, if they got fucking nuggets and that barbecue sauce, I'd roll the fucking windows down. i just about puke. Uh, I mean, I, I cannot stand that. You know how if you eat something one time, yeah. it made you really sick? Dude, I can just not stand the smell of a chicken McNugget to this day. Now, i like me some fried chicken, but no McNuggets, thank you.
0: You wouldn't be a true Kentuckian if you didn't like fried chicken. <laughs>
1: That's it. Wow. That's it, man. So, My yeah. nephew sends me some nice chicken. He gets out Costco, dude. I put it in that air fryer, and it fries up real nice. Yes. So, yeah. anyway, go I ahead.
0: Know. I know exactly what you mean. When I was a teenager... But I'm going to do this as quickly as possible. I had an uncle who was 10 years old. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, put him right between me and my dad age wise. So he was like the cool uncle when I was a teenager. He was the guy that let you smoke right. and drink and party and, hang out <laughs> and bring chicks over. So me and my cousin, who um, was about two years older than me, were spending the weekend with my uncle, watching wrestling, hanging out, playing Nintendo. Bullshit. Right. One night, Mike goes, that's my uncle, he goes, hey, guys, we get to check this out. He goes, I'm going to get five girls to come over here, <laughs> back to back to back, and I'm going to get each one to bring a pizza, a 12-pack of beer, bang them, send them on their way, get the next one. Damn. Uh, we're just like, bullshit, you know, fuck <laughs> off. Well, girl number one shows up, 12-pack of Keystone, giant ass that pepperoni pizza, plus, <laughs> plus the stuff to make tequila sunrises. Oh, God. So me and my cousin are getting (laughs) shit-faced as my uncle is marathon running five women in a row showing up with beer and pizza. (sighs) We got so fucking sick. My cousin had a hangover for two days. Me, I didn't touch tequila again until I was in my mid-20s, and I'm sitting at a beer bar, and we're talking to these girls. One of them goes, hey, we got a bottle of Cuervo in the car. You want to come out for a shot? (laughs) Sure, you know. She hands me the bottle. I take a drink. I hand it to the next girl, and then it comes around one more time. I take a shot. As soon as it touched my tongue, I handed the bottle off. I walked over, and I puked up everything I'd eaten since 1978. (laughs) <laughs> I couldn't. Once I got the actual taste of Cuervo Gold in my mouth, it made me sick. And yeah. I realized that once you throw up tequila, it tastes the same when you drink it as when you throw it up. <laughs> so yeah. I, I understand. That I smell tequila, and I my stomach heaves yeah. on me. So I get it completely. Where you got yeah, a bad. That's not one of mine either. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, uh, that's it. Yeah. All right, man. Well listen, I guess we got a couple shout-outs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna give out one real quick here. Uh, John Cosper. Big shout out to him. He did an article um, introducing one of my students, one of the students at the uh, Art of Grappling School, and he wrote a nice little uh, spotlight or an up-and-comer, and that goes to uh, Judy Ray Hendricks, man, and uh, he quoted me a couple of times, me and Jillian. Uh, uh, she's been trained, you know, doing real well, and I appreciate John writing a nice little article. I put that up on my Twitter at uh, Bobby Blaze 744 I sent that out. John tagged me in it and tagged uh, Jillian in it and also Judy Ray. So if uh, someone at the school wants to let Judy Ray know I gave her a shout out, that's fine. but don't let her head get too big. She's got a long way to go, but she, she's got great potential, Jeremy. I really think so. And John Cosper uh, wrote a really nice article. Thank you, John, very much. Uh, he can be found at John Cosper. He's also the author of the uh, the uh, With Johnny Candido, the Chris Candido book, No Gimmicks Needed. Uh, when I see him, and I hope to see him soon, I'm going to get his book on Tracy Smothers. Um, and he's got a couple other books as well, just to have right in front of me. But um, anyway, you can follow him on Twitter, John Cosper. Um, and then we got another person from our Twitter feed. I'll let you uh, make this shout out and then we'll explain why and what what what, what you know. so anyway, are we who are you uh, gonna bring up here? I, I guess we're gonna talk about Sparks Third coast here, huh? Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Sparks, thank you, my man. Uh, he sent Jeremy and myself, these really nice Irish McNeil Boys Club t-shirts. And man, my, I got me the long sleeve black. And uh, it's really doctored up there, man, kind of like what you said, Bullet Club. It's got some chains, dog collars, uh, some guy holding a belt, the state of Louisiana on it. Um, Really cool stuff. Man, I can't wait to wear it. It'll be about another month, uh, probably. Once we get through August here, I think uh, this is September wear, and I will post that on Twitter. Uh, It's an excellent-looking shirt, man. And uh, thanks, Sparks. We appreciate that. Uh, Anything to say to Spark? I got no. We got one more Mississippi guy we want to bring. Uh,
0: up. You know, what? just that uh, he runs a show for uh booking the territory. It's one of their paid uh, Patreon shows mm-hmm. where they talk about the new NWA stuff that's going on. I don't know what okay. their release schedule is, but get over there if you get a chance and look for his show. It's again, it's on the Patreon page. We're going to have to get ourselves one of those, Bobby. At some point,
1: I thought about that the other day because I saw um, Theo bond uh, the comedian, mm-hmm. on his Patreon page. He uses that money to uh, to help out single mothers, uh, like sends sure. them money to ha- to go out uh, with their kids and do something fun. Um, and I thought, man, if we had a Patreon, you know, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I know several people have it, but we could we could do something fun with it, like split it and buy beer. But well, um, I'll, anyway, I'll, I'll
0: support. Or some, we could I'll help s-
1: single mothers too. I was say, I'll support
0: some <laughs> single mothers with
1: it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway. Yeah, uh, we need to look into that. Did you good, good on you, Sparks.
0: Yeah, did mm-hmm. you know there is no champagne in the champagne room? I, I, I did discover this.
1: <laughs> no, I did not know I, that.
0: <laughs> I also learned that I can lose 1200 bucks just as quick at a topless bar as I can at a Chimenda fur table. Um <laughs>
1: Yeah, but anyhow. <laughs> okay. Um, well, let's give one more shout out to another buddy of ours from down in Mississippi, and that's um, Adams. Uh, Adam, rather. Um he uh he always uh listens to the program and, and posts something real positive about it and we appreciate that, Adam. You taking the time to uh to tag Jeremy and myself, uh as well as the Bell to Bell Blaze podcast on, on those Twitter feeds and um uh giving us that feedback and he left some real good uh feedback on the uh Paul Warndorf one as well. Yeah.
0: Um so we appreciate that. People you know, that take the time to, you know what's to, funny to is let when, us know. When I upload those shows like at midnight, you know, going into Tuesday morning. I usually hit refresh once or twice once it's up just to see if any numbers pop up right away. And yeah two two or three different times now I've hit it and one. It shows like one has already gone. And every time that <laughs> happens, I just go, Well, there's Adam. So there's yeah, Adam. Yeah, there's check Adam. it in. So yeah. That's, that's cool. That's man. always nice of him. I do always appreciate him taking the time to do that. Uh, everybody yeah. else who's listening, please take the time to rate and review. Uh, our yeah. show, wherever you listen to it, especially on iTunes. If you listen or uh, Apple podcast, as they call it, um, you know, give us a rating, give us a review. And remember Bobby and Jeremy suck is not a review.
1: <laughs> That's
0: right. Yeah. Um, uh.
1: Also, while we're at it, I'm gonna give out our Twitter accounts. I'm at Bobby Blaze 744. Jeremy's at the Geekish Cast, or you can hit us up at the Bell to Bell Blaze. All of those are on Twitter, and Jeremy does have a Facebook page up as well on Bell to Bell Blaze. So, uh, thank you very much and again. iTunes, as they call it. That'd be the you know that's, that's where we get some good reviews. We appreciate that. Just be fair and honest. Yeah. Um, that's all we appreciate. Uh, Jeremy, so next week, man, uh, hopefully I have a good report about uh, what took place that I'm getting ready for right now. It's live pro wrestling, Saturday, August the 7th, bell time, 7 o'clock at the Belk- Beckley-Riley uh, County Convention Center. And that's the old National Guard Armory there. It's a hell of a good building. Um, I read off a couple of names here, man. The Heat Seekers one hell of an unsigned, t- unsigned tag team. Uh, Kerry Morton's going to be there. Um Let's see here. Ron Mathis, Davey Richards, uh, Matt Cardona, and um, Heath from Impact, former WWE talent, and Brian Myers from Impact. Now listen here, man. Uh, Stephen P. New from New Taylor and Associates Attorney at Law. They're the ones, they're one of the big sponsors of this show. It's the Bash and Beckley. The doors open at 5, man. The matches start at 7. And I know we're taking, um, I'm taking a couple friends with me. My brother's taking me up there, and I'm looking forward to spending time with him, because the main event, my man, is uh, Shane Storm is going to battle Jerry the King Lawler. And I'm going to be in Shane Storm's uh, Hey, doggy, hey, dog. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No barking, no barking. (laughs) Trying to work. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to be in Shane Storm's corner But, uh, you know, I told you before I signed this deal I was not aware of it But now they've got Dennis Conry Oh, boy Uh, the legendary Midnight Express. He's going to be in Jerry the King Lawler's corner as an enforcer. So we'll just have to see. And I hope all the people that can hear my voice in the greater tri-state area. If you're in, you know, Kentucky, West Virginia, Ohio, uh, maybe Virginia, um, over in that area, come on down. Uh, South Carolina, uh, not too far away. Uh, Maryland, not too far away. Just depends on where you're at. But uh, anyway, come on down, man, and check out the bash in Beckley and um, I'll be there having a meet and greet beforehand Bye. signing a few autographs and um, then we're going to get all all, all, all all real serious and I'm I, like I did I beat Jerry De King Law before and now one of my protégés, a young Shane Storm that I've known since he was seventeen,'s had a lot of matches and wrestled some top guys in this business. He's going to be taking care of Jerry the King Lawler. I'm just going to keep one eye open for at that gun uh on one on Jerry and one on Dennis Condry man and help my man get the win I hope.
0: So I know that you and the King have a little bit of heat from back in the day. But yeah. how, how about you and Dennis Condry? Is there is there something yeah. there?
1: no there shouldn't be but I'm wondering if there's not okay and I'll tell you why I've only met Dennis one time and that was two years ago uh up in Charleston at the ASW um, that's the sponsor of the show too All-Star Wrestling when they had the 30 year reunion for Corny and Bobby and uh, they had them all together uh Bobby you know Bobby was there with uh, Dennis and um uh, of course I knew Stan before that because he was in Smokey when I was there and I've been to a convention or two with him since but uh I had never had the pleasure of meeting Dennis and I met him um that night very briefly and uh, i don't think there's any heat but now i'm starting to wonder man when they bring them in you know as an enforcer and after the fact that i was already on the show going to be in shane's corner um i don't know what gary dameron up there is trying to pull or whatever uh but i'm i'm just thinking now i gotta protect my interest which is my body and myself as well as the interest of my client Shane Storm, and we'll see how he fares well against Lawler. But um, Condry, I just don't know, man. We have to, you know, if he's going to be um, an enforcer, that has to work both ways. I think. I don't think he. Now they're saying he's going to be a Lawler's corner. What happens, Yeah, you know, a I don't know. Difference. Uh,
0: big difference in those two spots, you know.
1: Yes, that's yeah. what I'm thinking, man. So they're changing it up. I think they're, you know, sh- screwing around with me a little bit, Jeremy. Yeah, I think so. so. We'll you see. Like,
0: you didn't like scratch his Lincoln or something, did you?
1: No, but that's one of my favorite all-time interviews. When he <laughs> said that, you know, I got a Lincoln Continental, and it don't float there. And when you threw it out there last week, I love that man. That's pretty good. Oh yeah. No, I don't. I don't fuck with another man's car, man. Yep, it's probably no. Does not to. Yeah. No, sir. But anyway. Bash in Beckley next 7, t- or this, <laughs> August the 7th, bell time at 7, doors open at 5, and it's going to be a great show, and uh, looking forward to seeing a lot of good people over there in Beckley, because it's been about 20 years since uh, they've had any wrestling there of this caliber, and that's when Smokey Mountain used to run it, uh, about every two or three months.
0: Oh, wow, okay, cool. So,
1: um, i got one more announcement, and then we can get on with the program um time warp big shout out to time warp jeremy i know you would love this store the geek is cast the geek in you would love this store man all these collectibles and i'm talking baseball cards, the vintage video games and arcade games and if you name it earl can get it i'll tell you that so earl and joe thank you because august the fourth 4- Fourteenth, the following Saturday from five until seven at the Ashland town center location. Yours truly will be there for a meet and greet. Um, I'm doing free autographs of the pictures they provide. I will sign anything you bring free. Now we do have special packages of signing and of course books, you know, et cetera, you know, that's, that's not free, but there will be free autographs per my appearance. Cause I never signed for someone's order for an autograph for someone. Um, uh ftc uh, is a co-sponsor of that again it's at the time Warp at the ashland town center and i'm going to be representing the art of grappling school as well so i'm there you know uh on behalf of myself on behalf of Earl and, and joe and the uh, art of grappling professional wrestling school um come on down say hey um looking forward to it man i got a surprise the other day uh someone sent me a little picture I won't go into personal stuff, but you know, someone I know and love and care for, they sent me a picture and, uh, it was of a little girl standing right beside the sign where they had a big advertisement up, down by the time warp. And, uh, I popped for it and, um, um, uh, basically that's what was said. A little girl walks through a monitor and go, mom. There's pops, <laughs> and uh, uh, it was a picture of me, of course, a big poster of me, and I, uh, I thought that's pretty cool, man. So anyway,
0: uh, yeah, it was cool. So uh, I totally, I expected. Yeah, no, that's really so. cool. Uh, yeah, that place sounds like it'd be right up my alley because you know, um, yeah, way back in time, I even had a used video game store in the nineties. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's not something I talk about a lot, but it's it, it's yeah. an interest, you know. Um, well, because now my plan was I was going to try to be there for this match with uh, Shane and uh, Lawler. Right. We well, talked about that. Yeah, And that whole thing fell apart on me because stuff happened. So I ended up adopting a puppy and never going on vacation <laughs> again. Um, but I was really looking forward to seeing that. So, you know, guys, if you are yeah. in the area, definitely go check it out, you know. Yeah.
1: You you would dig it, man. Um they got two locations. I'm gonna be at the t- the town center location as mentioned. But man, they've got uh, Jeremy, I'm telling you, they've got everything you're looking for, man. I mean, it it's an incredible store. It really is. Yeah, it really is, man. It's, it's, uh, Earl Earl's put this thing together and, and um and they got a good location there tomorrow the and you know, I wish them the best of luck. So, um anyway, when you come when you do come to Ashland, Kentucky, or the greater tri state area, um, you know, We'll get down there and see Earl and, and uh, check out his shops and go oh, off yeah. and take, you know, take it in. I bet you it's been a couple hours in that damn place, oh, I guarantee likely, it. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be there for a couple hours, August
0: the 14th, so. No, everybody get over anyway. there and meet Bobby and uh, get his autograph and uh, check out the time warp, you know. Kill two birds yeah. with one stone and all that. That's it, man. Hey, you want to get into this show? Yes, let's do Okay. Top five errors in
1: pro wrestling. Um, now, did you spell that eras? A-R- or E-R-A-S or errors? A R or E R A S or E R R O R S? What are the errors
0: here, Jerry? Well, <laughs> Help smarten sp- me- us up, Doc. <laughs> I spelled it E R R O R S, but that's because I can't spell.
1: Uh, okay, okay. What <laughs> I
0: meant was E R A S. Uh, yes. But we're going to talk okay. about what, what we kind of feel are the five most important errors in pro wrestling history. Now, us being of a certain age, these are going to be relatively modern, uh, just because this, mm-hmm. is, this is what we know, uh, but I did want to put two honorable mentions in here real quick before we get down to our Okay, uh, I sure. want to say, number one honorable mention is going to be the golden age. Back in the old days of television, the DuMont mm-hmm. Network aired wrestling every night of the week. mm and this is the gorgeous george era this is when right yeah right. Gorgeous george and lucille ball sold more televisions than any television salesman uh, yeah so that was a big deal and bobby my other one is now like right now i think there's an upside to pro wrestling right now we haven't seen in 25 years there is oh well more i'm product. glad you threw that one out there for us yeah um, there is more product available, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whether or not you like AEW, every week these guys are pulling people up from the indies and smaller feds mm-hmm. and putting them on TV. Um, they're cycling through other uh, other talent rosters and bringing people in and out on a major television deal. You still have the mm-hmm. WWF and all of their product. Um, you know, it's just I think right now, if everything plays out well and this uh, we don't go back into a full lockdown because of COVID, because some of you guys think your freedom is more important than my freedom and you didn't don't have to wear a mask or get a shot. Um, but yeah. if nothing goes wrong, we could be seeing a great era in pro wrestling. again.
1: I will agree, but I appreciate you bringing that up. I knew you had mentioned earlier, but wasn't on our list in in writing but uh yeah i think that's um two good honorable mentions because i do think right now man you know just a couple of years ago when we started this program basically it was wwe 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 uh we had this some little things on the side don't get me wrong you turn me on to the california or hollywood uh championship wrestling and some other stuff and then you know slowly but surely some things started happening man uh uh, ring of honor started to get a little bit more popular um the um the NWA started back up <clears throat> the t-shirt company become a uh, a w like we said you know so there's uh that competition man you know um i think it makes when you have that competition Well, here's a couple of things. First of all, it gives more places for people to get a paycheck. You know, the girls and boys can get out there, grown men, women, what have you, just saying the boys. Um, Got more opportunity to draw a paycheck, and that's a good thing. And uh, it gives you, the viewer, an option to watch different programming. And as a fan, had it not been for this COVID, which again, we should kick this thing to the ass. We had a chance, but we'll get it right one of these days, folks, come on. Anyway, that you could, you had more options to get out and go to a show. You know, a yes. lot of good indies out there, and like you said, some of these guys are getting and girls are getting exposure. Um, you know, by getting pulled up uh, to some of these uh, the TV, the programs that are on television. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we got a lot more to work with now, and if things stay on the upswing, um, we can see some good things happening again. Um, someone said. I saw a girl tweet the other day that said, pro wrestling isn't dead. Well, I had that conversation just a few years ago, uh, with Cornette and, um, Again, this has been a couple years ago. We're like uh, uh, I said, Jimmy, I said, I think me, you, and Bobby's uh, eating about thirty-three. Still fucking believing this thing, <laughs> and we, we, you know, rib, we're ribbing around, of course. And, and he said, "Yeah." And um, I, I, I said, "Is it dead?" And he said, "Well, if it's not, it's on fucking life support, <laughs> you know." But I, but I think it's pulling through. I really do. And again, that's been a couple years ago. And I'm just, you know. <clears throat> Wisecracking there but the actual conversation but but yeah i don't think it's dead man and i think it's uh uh them beeps are getting stronger and faster and louder or whatever it takes to to bring back i think it's coming off that life support man
0: oh, yeah. well you know i think I it really
1: looks i want to believe that yeah. maybe i'm smoking the opium or the hopium. i'm sorry no opium hopium and um having a few beers maybe i'm just wishful thinking jeremy but well, uh yeah no no opium sorry but hopium hopium yeah you know what i meant uh, Ignite that out that Albert. Edit
0: the edit edit. <laughs> I'll, I'll get I'll get right on that, Bobby. I'll, uh, yeah. Okay. I'll um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just you know, you look at where we were when we started this show three years ago, and like I think somewhere in the top like first five episodes, we were basically eulogizing wrestling. You know, yeah. We are like, oh, the good old days. You know, I remember when wrestling and, <laughs> and a lot has changed. Like when we took our hiatus yeah. last year in my little mournful, half-drunken goodbye episode that I did, um, <laughs> I, you know, one of the things I was like, look, we're leaving. Wrestling's better than it's been in years. So, you know, if, if we got to go, it's, it's an okay time for us to get out, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, one thing I found, and I'm sure you did too, and I think our fans will be happy we didn't follow this uh, course of research for this week because we're going off a lot of shit that you know and I know, and probably a lot of our fans know the way we did it. When you do a search, and I didn't do a whole in-depth search of things, I just I kind of had an idea of what five things I'd like. And again, I'm glad you put the you know current product out there, yeah. and of course we can never forget you know the the golden era originally uh, back when first you know first TV first hit like you said, but um, you do, and it's all WWE. And I'm like, what the fuck? And it's like, yeah. I said, and they started putting all these, and I'm like, okay. I, kn- I knew better to do that anyway, but I just wanted to see. And I was right. Yeah. Um, and you probably found it too. And you can go to anything um, Google it, uh, Yahoo it, uh, what, uh, YouTube and I don't know. But you're going to get a lot of WWE stuff. But we, uh, and we do have some WWE stuff on there. I'm just saying the way they do. The, the research, well, you have to dig deep sometimes, or already know what you're looking for. Which I had a good idea some things I was looking for, not specifically WWE. Uh, although we are going to put them over, they're probably listed somewhere in this top five. Oh, absolutely, but um, I just hate when you do it. And you, excuse me, you Google something. And it's all all their shit. Their top five errors. They're, you know, like, come on, man. Give well, it a break. But anyway.
0: It's that thing. They were the only game in town for 20 years for all yeah. intents and purposes. Yeah. Uh, but even like, I, I'm sure we've done it. I just haven't paid attention to it. But we try to delineate between WWE and the rest of wrestling, you know. And, yeah. And yeah. we try to draw a line between pro wrestling and sports entertainment even, uh, you know, I know. As, as nebulous as those differences can get you know or, yeah you know yeah but i noticed that like even our good friend dave lee over at dave knows you'll he'll do that sometimes he'll say wwe when he means all of wrestling or he'll say yeah. Yeah. wrestling when he means wwe um, yeah yeah You know, and it's, there's, there's this thing that I'm I'm not, I'm not going off on a rant here, but there's this thing that happens when people talk about how much wrestling is this, that, or the other. And I'm going, you're not talking about wrestling. You're talking about Vince McMahon's company that pretends to be a wrestling company.
1: Yeah. You know, it's like, um, here's what happens. I think, and I don't know, I don't think it pertains to our audience per se. Um, and, uh, I appreciate everyone tuning in. Of course, we appreciate our audience and our fans, and we appreciate your feedback for our podcast. But you know, like uh, a Kleenex and a Xerox, you know what I'm saying? You got yeah. those names. Well, we're talking about, you know, uh, it could be fucking puffs or it could be, you know, a, a copier machine. The people that don't really know, uh, when you're talking about wrestling, all, I do a wrestling pop. Oh, WWE? You know, that's the first yeah. thing they say is they associate anything with wrestling as WWE, but that's all they know. Yeah. And I was listening to someone's podcast the other day, talking about some of the current wrestlers on indie shows. And it's not necessarily my opinion of this, but they were talking about um You know, for the last 20 years, and we're talking about people probably in their early, um, you know, 25 to 30 that maybe wrestling. What they grew up seeing, though, was the last 20 years of Raw, you know, so that's all they really know, maybe, unless they are a student of the game and go back and look and watch, you know, some old school wrestling or some of these wrestling eras we're going to be speaking about. Um, that's all they know is like WWE, you know, to them, that's wrestling and that's yeah. fine. At least they're watching, you know,
0: so. Yeah, it's. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, it's kind of like there's uh, there, the famous quote by Karen on Corner Gas. People call it Kleenex, even if the brand of Kleenex are you using is some other brand of Kleenex. Yeah. you know, So, yeah, yeah it's just one of those things that I, I, it drives me nuts when I notice it. And of course, I'm sure if I play back an episode of our show, one of us has done it as well. But Oh, yeah, yeah. probably, probably. All right. Well, Bobby, let's get this Yeah. Fucking, let's get into it. Started. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, um, number one, we're going to call this okay. the 80s through the early 90s.
1: Yeah, man. And this is, yeah, man.
0: This is gonna be the wide scale. This isn't like the rock and wrestling alone. We're talking about this is a period of time where cable TV was getting was taken off, and suddenly you couldn't go up and down your dial without hitting some new wrestling product on ESPN or somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Wrestling was taking off. Uh, there was it was on MTV. You know, WCCW was on TV and in syndication. Uh, this, I I would say was a great era for wrestling just because of that.
1: Yes, I I love that time period, you know, I was going to shows in 1980, 81, 82 uh in the um uh, market I was in. We got Memphis here once. Uh we got a you know regular on TV as far as coming around. They came to this area once, uh, sold out the National Guard Armory. But we got uh the NWA, you know, coming to Huntington and Charleston, West Virginia. And then in 83, 84, 85, I was closer to Lexington, Kentucky. And I went to some of the Memphis shows in that area, you know, when they did Lexington once every uh once a month. I think it was on Thursday night. Um so, you know, um I got to see all those events and then in 85, I was in Maryland and Baltimore staying with my grandmother, monk at the time, my grandfather just passed away. And I went up there and spent almost a year up there and uh, got to go to the, you know, WWF came through there as did the, uh, NWA, um, hot town for the NWA. And I'm talking, uh, I actually had actually I left on a day of the first Wrestlemania March 31st of that year of 85 so oh, wow. obviously I didn't watch it you know or anything I just remember that day because I wrote about it in one of my books uh the train ride there was a there was a young guy on a train and coming back from Baltimore and um, we struck up a conversation he's a big wrestling fan and it was just happened to be that day of Wrestlemania and you know we uh, probably drove his fucking poor mother insane I was about 20 21 years old whatever it was and uh, me and his kids sit there talking about wrestling the whole fucking train rides, you know and i said well that's actually what i'm trying to be i'm, I'm gonna be a wrestler you know so uh all that error man then of course we'll get into this in another in just a little bit but all the way through the i'm not gonna give it away some of the other ones but you know what i'm talking about man just that the tv you come home after school i know my young one of my younger brothers come home and he turned that um uh wccw on espn you know every day at four o'clock or uh, like you know fuck yeah you know right on you know um anyway good time of course the rock and wrestling wrestlemania all that so we said through the early 90s on that um before some other changes start taking place uh, uh tbs was going you know that was pretty hot we had nwa on syndication uh we had it on a saturday night after georgia championship wrestling um we had it on a syndication on a uh About 1130 on a Saturday night and a Sunday night, and it was actually two different programs a lot of times. Like a worldwide, but it wasn't, I don't think it was worldwide then, but it was an NWA product being uh, 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 syndicated. So lots of wrestling uh, through that time, and great house shows, uh, a lot of great towns out there It was still, you know.
0: Oh, well, yeah, that was kind of the dying days of the territory, so the odds were there was something going on in your neck of the woods. You know? yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I listed a couple there earlier, like from Tampa, the Florida you know, we had the Florida championship was going on, you had Memphis going on, you had a UWF going on. Um uh, just uh, Portland was still running, you know. Uh, uh, Texas uh, always had something going on, like I said. WCCW, uh, probably southwestern or south southwestern down there, southwest, yeah, in uh, San Antonio or whatever. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. Did that whole East Coast corridor? They ran those big cities, like I mentioned, Baltimore, they ran oh, yeah. Boston, New York, uh, Philly, Baltimore, DC, straight down. You know, oh yeah, well, um, and you so, know,
0: I mean, Houston was still running at this time, and Paul Bosch was actually getting ready to sell the Nick Bockwinkle. Mm. That was that was Nick Bockwinkel's original retirement plan was to buy. Yeah, That's what you told me. Yeah, and take over down there. Um, of course, that that kind of fell on its ass, and he ended up having to stay like on TV in wrestling through the rest of his life, basically. But um, that was his plan. So, but I mean, all those markets were still yeah. going for a while, at least. Like San Francisco would stick around till eighty-two. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah,
1: you brought up a thing before around '82. Uh, we were doing a a, a year end thing. Yeah, and if you looked, there was a lot of companies that actually shut down around '82. You used yeah. to tell me,
0: it was just like so. Um, yeah, it was as you go through, you'd see like 1982 <clears throat> was basically the end of San Francisco. It was the end of LA, basically. Um, yeah, uh, one of the Texas feds folded at that point. It was like a lot, which was kind of weird because two, three years later. And man you're off on a hot spell again
1: you know yeah yeah
0: well let's go on. well
1: number two, uh, yeah two yeah. Yeah. yeah big one here yeah this is we both agreed on this one um not that we agree on the other one we had we had actually put two different things for two different reasons and come to the conclusion here that uh, these were our top five so number two
0: was what professor and number two is going to be the monday night wars
1: yes Speak on
0: it, brother. Uh, Well, so, you know, I hadn't watched wrestling for years, and I was flipping through the channels, and I saw Macho Man coming out to the ring. And I was always a huge Macho Man, Mark. That was one of my dudes. Right. And so I was like, oh, watch this. And then all of a sudden, I was like, wait, is that Hulk Hogan wearing Ric Flair's belt? and <laughs> wait hold on macho man and hogan are wrestling in a when i was still thinking nwa at the time because i went and didn't quite know about right, the buyouts right. and i go wait hogan and macho man are in the nwa what the shit is this so i watched <laughs> pretty much religiously from that moment on that was one of those monday nights where i was flipping through the channels and hit uh monday nitro and uh never looked back. Um, it was a great, yeah. great time yeah. for wrestling. Uh, Bobby, and, I'm going to say one of the things I think makes this stand out and made it work so well is they played with our kayfabe expectations perfectly. Having Razor Ramon, quote-unquote, come down to the ring through the crowd. Yeah. Uh, spiking uh, Ray Mysterio Jr. into the side of that production trailer. Shit like that. I mean, just like... They actually even though kayfabe was breaking down around us and, you know, Vince McMahon had already like admitted uh, like it to court that it was right. Not real. And all of our, you know, all of our assumptions were, yeah, it's got to not be quite real. And the internet was around, man, this show started playing on that. They would do shit. And you're like, holy shit, that looked pretty real. you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like I said, the competition factor, man, now the guys in New York, um, WWF, WWE, they... they, Many of those guys had actually been in WCW. I won't say many of them, a few of them had that rose to the top up there. But they pushed themselves, and um, they knew they had to... They had to push their product because there's a new kid on the block, so to say, and um, that's thus the Monday Night Wars. So every Monday night, whether you tuned in at uh, you know eight o'clock, and uh, the first hour there for a while was just um, nitro, I think, uh, because Raw didn't come on till nine, if I'm not mistaken, or no. however they did that. And then Raw started coming on at eight. Uh, and did a three-hour show, if I'm not mistaken, to equal what, what they was doing over on Turner. So you had people flipping back and forth. You had college kids uh, throwing, you know, money nitro uh, parties. Yeah. You had them throwing raw parties. You, you know, it was a it it was I think in 90, 98, It might have been um, I would say ninety seven. I want uh, actually it's ninety eight. You almost quote me on that. Um, Six out of the top ten cable TV shows were pro wrestling related. Um, It might have been 99, but, again, you got Raw, Nitro. You had um, uh, SmackDown and Thunder. You had um, uh, – there's one more I'm leaving off there I'm going to skip over. I'm drawing a blank on that one. Uh, Oh, uh, Saturday morning, the uh, uh, Saturday All-Star, it was the um, shit, the show – um, the for WWF, show? yeah, you had a syndicated show, and then you had on um, Sunday you had worldwide. So you had six, three and three. You had three NWA or WCW products, and you had three WWF product or WWE products out of the ten top cable uh, programming. Uh, six of them were wrestling. You know, eating yeah. up that market. Um, and uh, again, this is something that goes way outside of. Uh, just a couple people watching some professional wrestling, it became mainstream basically well, to uh, where you see the T-shirts and stuff. We say. did a special I, on that. I don't, that's, even, yeah,
0: I don't remember another time where wearing a wrestling T-shirt was cool. I mean, guys like, yeah, you'd yeah. go somewhere and like these, like you know, well, you'd see like you know, like these kind of like gangstered out looking dudes wearing a black and white NWO shirt standing right yeah. next to some nerdy fuckers wearing an NWO shirt. You know, yeah. right next to some yeah. hillbilly wearing a Stone Cold T-shirt. You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't own one and you didn't see that picture of me wearing it so quit <laughs> <laughs> but um no that was just um, uh man I just put um you know that might have been a time I don't know i I've but it might have been a time instead of when you said pro wrestling, people didn't say, oh, that WWF stuff. They might have said, oh, you're talking about WCW or you're talking about WWF because yeah. this is what I watch. You know what I'm saying? And I'm yeah. using the F word because that's what it was at the time. So a conversation maybe struck up like it. No, we're talking pro wrestling, but also like, well, which pro wrestling are you watching? You know? Yeah. Well, and remember so. for a
0: couple minutes there, you even had ECW on TV, you know. Yeah. So you, yeah. Had, you had this wide open. I mean, you know, look, I mean, it was no major player like WWF and WCW, but it, it yeah. had a thumbprint in there. So that was a cool yeah. time. It was exploding. It was everywhere. It was hip. That was really the surprise. Yeah. part to me. It was, like, it was yeah. cool to be into wrestling, yep. you know.
1: And I was there um, from ninety seven through ninety nine of that time and I was at a lot of those uh nitros tape live, I was gonna say taping uh I was at a lot of those live and um generally they have they would have sixty to seventy people in the back at any given minute to go. And then what what happened was a lot of times at eight o'clock at five till eight or seven uh, 7.56 in the evening someone's not fucking going to do the job and they're wiping the whiteboard down they're putting this person on put- whereas Vince sorry, had a book of this is what we're doing three yeah. months out yeah. you know and that's kind of what happened there but but I make light of that uh, again going back to how did they stay in business you know in spite of themselves well you know they actually was they were doing something I think they won 26 weeks in a row or 83 whatever the fuck it was I don't know uh, but anyway the fact is is that um you know I know guys this happened uh you know i if i was off if i didn't if we didn't work the show for example you you could leave the building and be back at your hotel room or at the the restaurant bar and and be watching it you know as it unfolded if you you know if you desired you could watch it live or be you know once you signed in and done and i know i've seen it happen uh there were guys in the locker room uh some of the top guys that that would be watching a monitor of what they were doing over in WWF at the time. And I heard word that there were guys in a locker room that was working, uh, you know, watching WCW from, from New York, you know. Yeah. And I was actually in club, what well, club, a bar, hotel, restaurant, whatever. I've been in those where, uh, at nine o'clock, people change the channel. You'd be watching Raw or Nitro rather, and people boom, the, the people management of the establishment, you know, this is what we watch every Monday. And they yep. switch to Raw, you know. Um, so
0: it was, it was, a uh, interesting time to say the least man oh absolutely okay. bobby uh, i've got wrestling I, I got to get this out of my head because otherwise i'm gonna sit here and think it the whole time i'm picturing you sitting like at a, at a bar with a buffet like watching wrestling right? Like, got in, <laughs> got in, did your thing, went went back to the hotel early, whatever, right? But then I'm picturing Paul Orndorff, like, hanging out outside this buffet, like, God damn it, Bobby, eat a salad. Put that chicken down.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, we got buffet. That was a buffet. One of the good things about the, the TV was it's catering, and you got catered to. So whatever time you had to be at the building, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, usually on those shows, you had to be there at 1 on the Nitros, and this um, TV. TV were four, pay-per-views were like one, but you had a huge buffet, dude, they had, you know, they had steak and chicken, Um, some of them had fish, Um, then they always had two or three different kind of pasta dishes, and uh, generally if we were in like, you know, say he's in Texas, you had a brisket and and barbecue if you were, you know, depending on the market you were in, what you had, then of course they had fresh vegetables and salads, they always had, you know, waters, Um, they had a cooler, you know, they had uh, uh, iced tea, sweet tea, um, coffee, just and then did it, it had milk you know big gallons of milk there and and uh, desserts just about everything you can imagine and uh you know thing about that I remember and it, I, I was just just thinking about it, as you said that uh, and of course, you can eat there. Then after show, sometimes you go out, you know, uh, if you're done or or whatever, depending on what time you're done. But most people went to a waffle house. But if not, you know, if you're <laughs> if you're on a road, you're eating out of Applebee's or something. You're having a beer and you know doing that. But back to the uh, buffet thing is, I've heard people sitting in there. And uh, complain, and you got all this good food, and and they flown you to this town, and I'm sitting going, people will bitch, and I'm going, oh, yeah. are you kidding me? They asked, they said, why why would you go? On? I had a I had a goof. This guy's dead now. Just to, uh, I I could say it. He was a goof. Someone thought he was in the wrestling business. It wasn't. And and he, he we had a mutual friend. And he said, why would he go on TV like that and get beat? And I'm like, are you kidding me? This dude had never left this area uh, until he fucking died. But anyway, yeah. um, the thing is, I'm like, dude, you tell him this. They fly you to the building they've rented. They pay you to be there. They feed you while you're there. <laughs> you know, um, you get TV exposure for other bookings, and it's a work, you know, and I'm like, and then I've had people sit there, Jeremy, and bitch about the brisket in Texas. I'm just throwing that out there because it's on my mind. Uh, and, and, and we're looking, and it's someone like, uh, I'll just say like me and Booker T and, 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 and Barry Horwitz are so just saying, uh, and we'll look over at them and go, hey, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you got every selection of meat and fish up there. You can imagine. There's all kinds of pasta dishes and vegetables and, and salads. And there's all these. It uh, usually had cakes and stuff over there and pies, which I love pie. But I'm sitting there going, and we're all looking at him like, "Are you? Are you? What world do you fucking live in, man? You don't eat this good at home, yeah. for sure." you're getting all this fucking food catered to you it's called catering motherfucker you know don't complain um so and i know a lot of guys though i say that that were very that came from like my situation that were very very grateful that you know i can't believe that my athletic talent my wrestling ability got me here and this is part of the reward is they fly you here they feed you here. They give you exposure here, and they fucking pay you. Was, yeah, <laughs> Are you like, kidding me? Write check, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it shows up every two weeks in a FedEx truck.
0: <laughs> my my great grandmother used to have a saying, and it was that that guy would bitch if he was hanged from a new rope, and. <laughs> Never heard that. Yeah. Uh, that was one of my favorites because it's true. Some people will complain about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. real quick, as a side story, you're talking about craft services, yeah. catering, this, that, and the other. Yeah. Real early on, when gay weddings were first allowed in California, I went to a lesbian wedding with my ex-wife. Okay, and as the food was coming up, somebody goes, "Uh, yeah, they they only have vegan and vegetarian." And I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and it reminded me of that old joke like we we play both types of music country and western and western yeah (laughs) and i was like they they gotta be fucking around right there's no way you do a vegan and a vegetarian that's the same thing isn't it right right everything there was two sides one side was vegan one side was vegetarian and i'm like what a bunch of bullshit (laughs) i'm wearing a suit for this yeah, I wonder where gone. the fish was at. Um, <laughs> it, you know, I, was, I was surprised there wasn't more carpet for munching, but, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever. Whatever. Yeah. It's, you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 No. Um, let's go to. number.
1: Well, three. yeah. Don't give me any fucking attitude, Jeremy. That's where we're going with that. <laughs> we're going to go right at number three. There's your segue. Attitude era. <laughs> Tell us about it, Professor.
0: <laughs> now, the attitude era is kind of a subset of the Monday Night Wars in a way, except it kind of keeps going once the Monday Night Wars fall. Mm-hmm. But, but once the Stone Cold thing turned out to be a hit and you couldn't stop it, it was a runaway train. And they realized that um, uh, their new generation or whatever they were calling it was a dud. Uh, the Attitude Era kicked in and it took off, man. It was a big deal. Uh, it is what won the Monday Night War, you know, in a manner of speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where the the current stars came from. You know, the rock Stone Cold, those guys, this was their breakout period.
1: Yeah. Um, thing about that, too, those guys, other than a rock you mentioned there, I mean, over there on that, uh, and I say over there, I'm turning a dial on my head because uh, Mick Foley just won. You know, a former employee here of WCW oh. just won the, a WWF title. You know, but a lot of those guys that didn't get signed uh, went up there, and became big stars, man. And uh, a couple of them it couldn't happen to nicer people and that worked their ass off and were just let go, you know, or whatever and found greener pasture, so to say. And uh, man, they just skyrocketed that fucking program, though. Yeah, well, um, that's that's the a lot I'll, of talented people during
0: that time. Yeah, that's why it's good to have other places for people to go. You yes. Know, you yes. don't know what to do with them. Well somebody'll figure it out. You know, nobody knew what to yeah. do with Cactus Jack. Somebody figured it out. Someone
1: but, figured it out, man. Yeah.
0: Nobody knew what to do with um you know superstar Steve Austin. Well somebody figured it out. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. So and um but yeah that's uh and the thing about that time too uh when you when you turn that program when I know the uh uh before I Step my toe, my own toes. here. saying I know we the you know Mysterio's and the Hoovies and a couple of smaller guys, the the lightweights per se or the the cruiserweights or whatever. Your Malinkos and Guerrero's, you know, were over there, uh, smaller guys. But but they actually were pretty muscular guys when I say smaller. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they yeah. were just maybe shorter in stature, or whatever. But the fact, what I was getting at is when you turn that on and you saw the Rock or Uh, Mick Foley or or Stone Cold. You saw Vince McMahon himself. You saw grown fucking men on that channel fighting. You know what I'm saying? You're like, holy shit. Or, you know, wrestling or what have you. And I'll say this, I've said it before. I don't know if I said on this podcast or not, but if I had, it probably was earlier on. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, it's seven fucking 57 and you got live TV start at eight o'clock and they're changing names because someone doesn't want to do the job in the main event or whatever. Uh, then, uh, someone said, well, I'm not working with this guy. I've seen someone I won't mention his name, just walk up to the board, wipe his name off. Um, and, 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 and say, I'm not, Wrestling him tonight, and it's fucking quarter till. And it was like one of the earlier matches, well, between eight o'clock and nine o'clock segment. Whereas, like I said, Vince had stuff figured out for three months in advance or what have you. But those, um, shit, those same guys, um, when you go on the air like that, at the end of the program, when, when, um, to me, when you turn, when WCW went off at the end of the night, it was a clusterfuck. Someone had ran in. No one actually got beat. There was a, you know, no one did the job per se. It was a, there was a disqualification. It was a clusterfuck. You didn't know who won. Whereas on the other channel, on WWF, uh, hear me out here. You had guys every week when a program went off, you actually know who won and who lost. Right. Um, it It, there was an angle. And it, it was I saw Mick Foley get beat by The Rock. I saw The Rock get beat by um, Stone Cold. You saw Stone Cold get beat by Vince. Whatever it was, you know what I'm saying. You had an inclusive ending that yeah, I want to tune in next week. But it wasn't like a clusterfuck. You had an idea of like oh next week The Rock's going to get his revenge or whatever. There was a build up for it, kind of like we had talked about before. It wasn't those um, six months, to eighteen months programs like we had talked about maybe back during the uh, the the previous era we were just talking about where you had an angle and it, it built to the next match is a no DQ, the next match is, you know. Yeah. But when NWA... Um, uh, or excuse me, WCW, it always seemed to be like kind of a fucked finish. You know, um, Hogan wouldn't do the job or, or you know, have, who interrupted this time? Oh, another new member of the Outsiders, what have you. Yeah. I'm just saying. But then on the other side, it seemed like there was a conclusive ending to the program, but it was enough of an ending, obviously, to make you want to tune back in the next week to Raw. Yeah. And thus they just, you know, uh, well, you know, you you're not going to beat Vince in his own game.
0: No, you and know. and it got to the point where WCW kept going back to the well with the same shit over and over again. Yeah. It, was, it was like watching a dog get whipped for 6 weeks, you know. It was just like Yeah. Come yeah. on, man. It's it, you you're not going anywhere. Uh Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, and the other thing is, and I think you'll hear people say this all the time. Vince McMahon was playing with Vince McMahon money. Vince McMahon was, yeah, worried about where these dollars and pennies and things go. WCW had an unending bank account that nobody gave a fuck about. That they just yeah well you know,
1: eventually they did
0: well, <laughs> yeah but I mean that was that was part of the no I know
1: you're playing with someone else's paycheck uh, or pay, checkbook rather yeah. is one thing but uh, Vince is playing with his money no yeah. and that's the thing about that attitude there. it caught on he caught on mm-hmm. uh, hell you know he started doing his Mister McMahon gimmick you know I'm saying it's like this shit caught he caught on man uh, he went with the changes so to say he wasn't doing the same thing for six weeks right uh, thus the attitude you know of all these different guys. Guys, they had you know had all the talent in the world and uh seemed like they utilized them all in a proper way to have that kind of program people were concerned i think when it went from two hours to three hours oh gosh could they fill another hour um the only thing i uh, i will say about that they were taking about the first 20 minutes of each segment both companies and you're doing these interviews and you're doing this in-ring bullshit stuff you know oh this guy's interrupted when I tuned in, I want to see wrestling, but you know that's the yes. way it is. But at least you did get that wrestling in there. Um, maybe in a two-hour period, you got what thirty-five or forty minutes of wrestling, something like that. I think over a three-hour period, you only got like forty-eight minutes of wrestling or something. Nowadays, I don't know what it is. I'm just throwing them numbers out there. But but I liked it when you was getting out of an hour, you did get you know at 40 least a good of wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yes thank you yeah.
0: So uh, anyway, that's the Attitude Era. Yep. Uh, uh, speaking of attitude era, I got a puppy giving me an attitude era right now. I can tell. Yeah. I can tell. She's biting my I've foot and she's barking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I heard her biting that little squeezy thing or something earlier. <laughs> that was so, my elbow. That was me. Uh, okay. I was, I was squeaking because she bites hard. <laughs> that was you man. squeaking. Okay. <laughs> um, Bobby, would you mind oh, if we took like a five-minute break so I can try to get her yeah, outside? Yeah, that's just, fine. Okay. Yep. I'll be right back. Sounds good. We'll, we'll finish up. Got it. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Everybody had to, you know, puppy business to take care of there. I'm so glad I adopted a dog. I can't even begin to tell you. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Did Did you know cattle dogs like to bark in the middle of the night? Yeah, I, 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 I didn't I know it now now you do
1: yeah. are they barking at cows or just barking they, well they, apparently what
0: it is is they, they develop that behavior to keep wolves and shit away instinctively just bark out yeah cause like I mean even just like I'll walk through the room and say just by instinct she'll grab my heel and try to turn me around and send me somewhere else yeah it's yeah. just you know cow dogs do what cow dogs do Right on, man. The rest of us have to learn our jobs, and they're born knowing how, you know. (laughs) Well, let's jump to number four here, and we'll
1: finish this up in just a few minutes. Um, Go to territory days. We're talking, uh, we can go to the 60s and 70s. Um, You know, there's obviously some in the 50s and then uh, also in the 80s, but we're going to stick mainly to the 60s and 70s of uh, just, you know, our fan base and We won't mention everyone, but, you know, you had Amarillo, Atlanta, Memphis, Knoxville, Florida, Portland to hold, you know, uh, JCP, um, which we'll get to in just a few minutes. And then... um, spoiler alert right there, and then you cut the whole Northeast, you know, WWE up in that corridor we talked about, but there seemed like there was always a place to go, we, we mentioned Houston a while ago, uh, uh, San Antonio, um, there was Puerto Rico, guys they're pretty oh, wow. regular, um, you know, just a lot of places, and we're not even mentioned uh, AWA, I mean, you're talking Minnesota there, and then you're talking all the places that Vern and that group went through the 60s and 70s, you know, mm-hmm. a, a lot of towns, they, they flew to, well, drove to, you know several around Minneapolis area, but they they also were doing uh uh denver and i think utah i see i uh, salt lake rather i was gonna say utah state but yeah you um and also didn't they come out to california some uh, uh if i'm not mistaken i, I yeah at some point. i
0: think i think um roy shire actually worked with Vern. yeah at some point but also when roy shire folded Vern took over san francisco basically yeah yeah. So
1: a lot of, a lot of places. Um, and I think that, uh, by, you know, if, if, um, uh, wishes with horses, beggars would ride. As I heard someone say once, um, I kind of wish you would get back to some of these territory days. Uh, you know, that that's probably not going to ever happen, but I think independently, if a guy is working and getting, you know, uh, get two or three people in a car or a truck, have you a van. And, uh, you can stay booked a lot on a Friday, Saturday night show uh, about every weekend or something going on somewhere. Uh, there are some shows that go on like a Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, if you get it lucky and get a Thursday night show with one group of guys, uh, put on a show and then travel, you know, two hours North and maybe do a Friday night gig and, you know, pick up head South to, uh, I still think you can get about 12 to 16 bookings a month. If you're out there, you know, hustling your, butt off now the thing about it is you got to see you know, um, you know is it worth your while are you making enough money to survive uh, or how much do you love this business are you just paying your dues or are you just doing it because you know you love the business and you, you're going everywhere you know
0: yeah. um, you know I, I feel I like just, I would be remiss to not bring up Dave Marquez right now okay uh, you know Dave Marquez um, besides his association with the NWA Dave Marquez is now running wrestling in uh, Arizona, Memf- uh-huh. Memphis, San Francisco, Hollywood, um, and a couple other locations. We're, we're almost getting a Dave Marquez has his own territories kind of promotion out of him now. Uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah. You know, they're they're crowning their own world champion, or they either have or they're getting ready to, the United mm-hmm. Wrestling Network champion. Um, so, you know, a guy like him, you know, maybe he's under most people's radar, but he's going to have a lot of wrestlers going through his, his hands and his territory yeah. and his locations. Um, you know, maybe, maybe our, our best hope for some return to what feels like the territory days may be coming up through him.
1: Well, you had kind of mentioned last about last year, I think it was, we were talking about, um, something along these same lines is that, uh, at least, like A and A AEW, they're using guys uh, and girls from um, you know other organizations. They're picking up some indie people. Again, you're getting some work there, and I think that's the main thing. And that's not even talking about like Impact, the Ring of Honor, or the um, shit. The other one I'm leaving off there. The um, uh, AEW. Uh, heck, no. Um, shit, I'm drawing a blank on that one. Huh? Okay. New Japan. <laughs> no, uh, the. Um, the hell, I can't remember okay. we done on, on the tears. But anyway, just saying, people have got places to go and work. Uh, NWA, you know, if you could work for them a couple shots a month uh, uh, when they do their tapings, if you could work for Dave Marquez, whether when he comes to the Memphis area or when he do it in LA, you know, wherever or Arizona, where have you? And he, I'm just saying, man, a person get out there hustling, you can make it, make some money. Um, <laughs> yeah. The one I'm thinking of, we had it on our, our radar there. That's right. um, Yes, thank you Major Lee wrestling. So you got some place you can go to work at, man. But that may, again, like you said, that may be the closest thing we get back to doing a a territory thing if if they get out to and and again, who knows what's going on out there in the world with this this whole COVID situation, but if it stays open like that, man, and you can get um people back in the stands, you know, uh, you, you can get some guys traveling and, and, and I would say you stay booked, man, until you get on the radar for a, a W or for a WWE, um, you know, and go down to the, you know, um, I'd go to a seminar or go down to the damn, uh, performance center. You know, if I thought I was that talented, um, or knew I was that talented and, and try to be seen, man. And and like I said, it's a W, uh, bringing up some independent people, you know, Oh yeah. Uh, You just just gotta get out there, I think. Uh, And as a fan, um, uh, hopefully as things continue to go back up, uh, open back up rather, um, there'll be more and more shows to go to, not just your bigger shows, you know. um, But if Marquez is running four or five different markets there, I'm sure there's towns outside of those towns that are smaller markets that you can do a two or three night. If you go to Memphis, you could probably do it three or three towns, you know, on that side of the country. You know, um, could be, like you said, it could be close as we get to, the, oh yeah, sorry about that. That's all right. Hope that didn't bust yours. I yes. said I, that that could be getting us back to the closer, closest we get to a territory type uh, situation again.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't but. think, you know, my brother and I have talked about this. There's really not a way to do it with the internet. You could never yeah have the territories like you used to, but you could right. have something similar. And I think really all, all we want is fans is enough places for everybody to work and not get stuck into yeah. a singular style cuz look Yeah. Bobby, there's a reason you and I don't really watch WWE. It's cuz what they produce and I hate calling it content or product, but what they produce right. is not something that we find entertaining. You know, right. we, we like that old southern style of beat you in the fucking head wrestling and I don't know what they do there. They see every time I turn it on there seems to be a guy in the ring playing guitar. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking from
1: a boy's perspective that if you got in with a Marquez or you got in with one of these companies, and you could you could stay busy doing you know a couple shots this month for ASW, a couple shots for FTC next month. You know what I'm saying? If you oh, could yeah. work, you know, then you could work a couple shots for you know Hollywood Championship Wrestling or what have you is what I was getting at. Uh, from one of the boys, that would be your territory is your independent bookings. You know. Yeah. Um, well, just staying think- out there on the road.
0: Yeah, hey
1: now. Yeah, cows are coming in. Uh,
0: (laughs) What you're going to see though is, and I think he did a little bit with like Jock Sampson He was holding (laughs) two or three titles simultaneously from different promotions recently. And I think what you'll see are some of the guys in the Indies going around with their their three or four belts from the three or four places they work regularly, and you know blowing up their own reputations. But with that, also bringing up the place where they work, you know. Um, yeah. You know, this This brings to mind something I wanted to talk about. GCW apparently is a company I should know something about and pay attention to, but I'm just now discovering. So, I mean, there's, there's yeah. stuff out yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know too much about them either. I just, um, you had mentioned a little bit off the air. Maybe I have somebody to check out too and check it out. But mitching initials let's do this instead of g when you said gcw let's go to some nwa and some jcp that's going to be our number one top, uh, what we like that era of wrestling from like the 80s through about 1988, all the JCP. Man, that's that's a lot of our fan base. And I know yeah. we've got, you know, our Mid South and our Memphis Crews, and you know, we've got a lot of fans, we got a lot of fans worldwide, but, um, and we're thankful for that. Uh, uh we've got people in Canada, we've got people, um, fuck, where was that one place you told? I know we got some Australian listeners. Um, oh, big words. shout out to, uh, Yeah, Ireland. Yeah, Um, shit. Uh, North Burgundy, New Jersey. Shout out to North Burgundy up there, Joey Diaz country, Uh, all the way out to uh, California down to Florida. I mean, we've got a lot of good listeners out there, but I dare say, man, uh, the core of our listeners are really into that JCP, the uh, early 80s through about 88, uh, just, uh, you know, Flares and Funks and uh, the Carolinas and – just uh, uh Dusty Roads and, and the cruise of Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, the Road War. I mean I can go on. Everyone's gonna know who I'm a name from that territory, you know. Uh, uh the That's just good stuff, man. Oh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. Can't forget Arn and the boys. That's you right. know. So um that's <laughs> just that to me, that was that uh, you hear the excitement, man. I just, that was to me a great time in pro wrestling, man. Just, uh, uh, just unbelievable, tons of talent. Uh, when you watch the programming on TV, uh, the interviews were great. Um, they, they, uh, they were, they didn't dominate the show, and when someone spoke, it meant something. If I come out there and dropped them four fingers, it fucking meant something you know, and then the matches meant something and then at the house shows when you went to them um, and I was fortunate enough to go to quite a few during that time because of, of my age at that time in a location I lived in uh, I, yeah I drove a couple hours or caught a ride a uh, cup from me from an hour to two hours away and went regular and um, man it was they, they never let me down you know um, and i saw a lot of good wrestling i went on a show i think it's 86 in huntington on an easter show and uh just uh the road Warriors working the russians you know it's just like holy shit man just i saw I went to charleston and saw you know rock and roll express working the russians uh just stuff like that you know just uh some of those good memories and then also to see got to see harley race come through you know uh on uh uh he wrestled Brody at time, I was oh, telling you about, in yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and Huntington. Uh, got to see um, got to see Flair several times in Charleston. You know, this is back when I was just a fan, too. That was the whole thing. Uh, about, up until 88, I remember in 80, before I had my first match, and, and my first match was September 11th, 1988. But uh, I remember um, where I'm at right now, uh, not too far from where I live at, I was dating this girl. I mean, she got this big, big nice uh, TV at the time and uh, it had this uh, uh, remote with it man and I could flip through and watch two different wrestling at the same time there was a there was a syndicated show one and one channel you know and I was like man you know this chick's alright man she don't she don't get upset that I sit here and watch wrestling you know what I'm saying it was like a Sunday night and we'd be having dinner or whatever and I could flip around on a couple of different wrestling shows this was like a big it was a big four model for that time you know Is mm-hmm. is uh, but uh, just saying like holy shit I had two different wrestling programs on you know And she had a nice remote, you know, so that's not all she had. It was nice. But just saying as a fan, you know, you're like, man, a lot of good wrestling. Yep so and i'm covering again from 80 through about 88 so you're talking eight nine years they're probably 79 to 80 actually we got we got tbs uh the uh in 81 here but we had memphis from way back when but again we're talking jcp at this time so uh we started getting the nwa and uh georgia championship and all that but the uh when that nwa and and jcp come through man we're like all about it, man. All about it. Yeah. So, you um, were seeing the guys on TV and a magazine and could see them in person.
0: Yeah. So. yeah see, and over here, you know, we kind of, we, we were petered out kind of at that point you know, here in California. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so we really TV and magazines, and then you had to go on a long ass two hour drive. If, yeah. If yeah. If, if, if you were lucky enough for something to be coming through. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I just looked, and it looks like uh, New South Wales, Queensland, and Victoria are big places in uh, Australia. And okay, f- cool. And, of course, my dog's ancestral home is Queensland, so it's okay. probably her family members. <laughs> it might be. Yeah. Tuning in to listen to Cowdog. <laughs> exactly. Since She's been activist episode. Yeah. Boy, has she ever. Um, <laughs> hey, Bobby, let's sell a couple books and go home. What do you say?
1: Yeah, sounds good to me, man. So we just talked about this earlier uh, before we went on the air with the affiliate count. If you would like to help this program just a small bit, we'd appreciate it. Uh, I have a few books. I'm going to try to tell you a couple books. And uh, hopefully the program gets a couple of dollars back or kick back and help us out. And that is um, the professor here has set up a site or a, a easier way to get to it, a link, I should say, site. The site is Amazon. Just go to Amazon. But if yeah. you'd like to help out, go to... My first book, Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boots for Travel, just go to tinyurl.com slash blazebook1. It'll take you right to the site on Amazon. You can purchase the book there. And again, the program, The Bell to Bell of Bobby Blaze Podcast gets a little bit of kickback. And I appreciate that very much. The second one of my second book is, I kicked out on two, The Educational Wrestler. And that is if you go to townofyearall.com slash blaze book two, the good professor is taking care of that. All you have to do is use that link and it's the affiliate account for Amazon. And the program does get a little bit of kickback out of that. Um, and I get a, you know, like I could say, I always say, I get a smile on my face when I sell a book and and I, I really do. It, it 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 just, it's good for me. It's good for my own self morale, man. I'm just like, um, you know, I get a couple of dollars off each book and I'm really happy about that, but I'm more happy that someone's actually reading something that I wrote from my heart and both those books, um, you know, I wrote from the heart. Uh, again, it's pin me, pay me, have boost for travel. That's at tinyrail.com slash blaze book one. If you want, uh, I kicked out on to the education wrestler to go to tinyrail.com slash blaze book two, and I'd appreciate it very much. And I'm sure the professor would as well as does our podcast uh we have a website uh jeremy want to tell them about the website real quick
0: bell to bell and we are if anybody out there is a writer a short form writer who Mm -hmm. maybe like to pitch us like a weekly or bi-weekly thing um i don't think we could pay a lot but we might be able to pay you for your time Uh, yes so get over there check us out hit us up on twitter let us know um uh jeremy i did see your application for a guest spot i don't know that we're doing anything with listeners uh but i think maybe towards the end of this year bobby and i may kick around like a roundtable episode so i'll keep you on file for then um bobby what else we got i think that's it right
1: Uh, that's about it man um you know i got a podcast I'm doing this week uh, with a gentleman from over to England, James. Looking forward to that. Doing a Zoom one. That'll be up on YouTube in the next few weeks. I'm sure he's he's uh, just finished up. I watched uh, Tom Pritchard's, and and uh, he's got part runner Ricky Morton's up there. Very first class, and then I'm going to be recording mine. I would have recorded this past week, but he uh, he uh, was uh, behind on some things, and we're going to record it this week, so I'm looking forward to that, and I'll update you on that. Again, if you can come out and see me and all these superstars up there uh, in back at uh, Bash uh, in Beckley next August the 7th. The doors open at 5. Matches take place at 7. I will be a part of that show with Shane Storm, Jerry DeKing Lawler, and Dennis Condry. And I'm really looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to just uh, uh, getting a hang uh, with my brother and a couple other people we have going with us. And uh, I'll fill you in more on that next week as to uh, how that goes. So uh, uh, thank you very much, Professor. I appreciate you coming on each week and take care of these programs. Hope all the fans and Enjoyed it, our enjoyed it enjoyed it enjoyed uh, it enjoyed our top five uh eras in professional wrestling this
0: week so with that said man peace out i'm good all right well everybody thank you for checking us out we will be back next week with another great episode of bell to bell with bobby blaze thank you for listening this week for the late Tex Johnson, for Cowdog, myself, Professor Jeremy.
1: <laughs> Shit, I spit all over the place. God damn it. I just spit water everywhere, Jeremy. Uh, uh, I mean, it's everywhere. Damn you, you got me. Uh. Well, don't even worry about it. Then he had out of there. Finish it up. <laughs> I got to clean this mess up. <laughs> Damn, I just spit water everywhere. And I'm going to try to take a drink. Finish this
0: up. <laughs> you got it. And uh, for Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double <laughs> B, Bobby Blaze, remember to check out his fans page. Um, <laughs> bye-bye everybody oh
1: (laughs) man i just dressed this damn keyboard and desk (laughs) microphone everything god (laughs) damn it (laughs) i literally spit water everywhere holy cow (laughs) hey god (laughs) (laughs) cow dog calm down you got me all nervous cow dog
0: she does that